Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. Lock yes. Talk Radio. Yes. Yes. not familiar with the voice i am your host jarvi this is my podcast car sessions for the new listeners you know for y'all wondering why it's called car sessions more often than not i might be recording in the car the origins of this podcast started being recorded in a car so i kept the name is only right it's a car session you ride it out with me we having a conversation about sports and tonight's topic today's topic this morning's topic whenever you get to me it's the upcoming NBA season. So I already know. I already know that you you guys, y'all are used to, you know, oh, what, what's the division? Who's going to win the championship? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? But for me, I wanted to do a different take on things. I'm going to take the approach of the NBA haves and the NBA have-nots. We already know. The NBA, unlike other sports, it's relatively predictable. We know who the elite teams are. We know who the monsters are. We know who the bad teams are. But there's more to the story as opposed to the talent and things of that nature. Is it's a team of good team in terms of playoffs, in terms of deep playoff runs. Are they good? But they're on the downside of good. Are they bad? But on the upside of bad and heading in the right direction. We have some haves and we have some have-nots. I see we already have a caller on deck. I got a guest coming in, but let's get this caller in. Let's, let's see what you want to talk about. Caller, welcome to the Car Sessions NBA preview. What's good? You got a couple of minutes. Make it fast. Yo, yo. It's Chris right here. Blue Collar Sports. What's going on? Oh, what's going on? Chris, man, I ain't, I ain't recognize this number. I'm like, still calling from New York area code. Who is this? What's going on, Chris? <laughs> welcome to the show. You're welcome not- back, man. Yeah, man. Glad to be back. So what's going on? Well, you know, I'm doing the NBA preview. I'm doing the haves and the have-nots here on card sessions. And it's like, I'll be playing myself if I didn't start things off talking about my wonderful Lakers. And who better to do that with? With you, man. You know, I consider the Lakers a have. But not in terms of playoffs, but a have in terms of they got the players that they want. They're heading in the right direction. Might not be fancy this year, but I think the Lakers are in the right direction. For you, Chris. Are the Lakers I have or I have not as currently constituted? The Lakers are a have, and let me tell Got you, it. the future the future is bright. Um, the way the way the young guys right now are buying into Luke Walton's system, you know, they're they're gelling. They're they're basically guys that are hungry. They're willing to run through a wall for Luke Walton, and you can just see it in the way they play. The smiles on their faces, they look a million times better from what they were last year to now. And this is just preseason. Imagine how much better they'll look, you know, three months from now. How, how good they'll look at the end of January, February, when this team actually is rolling and clicking on all cylinders. 
Now, granted, they're going to lose games because they're young. Right. But you're going to see, you're not going to see the, 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 you're not going to see them die in games like they did last year. They're, they're going to fight. And that's what, that's what, that's the best thing about Luke Walton, what he's doing. And he's, re- and he's resurrected a guy's career by the name of Nick Young, who was <laughs> a month ago was about to be out of the league. And now it looks like this guy might be fighting for a six man spot. So, you know, it's, it, everything looks good right now. As good as can be, okay. we're happy right now. Okay. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Nick Young. Uh, I think <laughs> Byron Scott, a.k.a. Faded Eyebrows, a.k.a. Folded Arms on the Sidelines, is, is an NBA have-not. I think that, if anything, having Byron Scott there, I understand that he was supposed to be the buffer for the end of the Kobe era. But having Byron Scott there hindered the growth of this team and the nerve of this guy to run his mouth the way he did. We've had conversations about Byron Scott. I don't like that dude. So to see what Luke Walton is already able to do in galvanizing that group, getting Nick Young to play ball the way he did three years ago when he got the contract that the Lakers gave him, you already see that the Lakers are a half. You know, D'Angelo Russell's been cooking. Even last night... I would call it a bad game against Golden State, but he still hit four threes, still had nine assists. You see Brandon Ingram, the both games against the Warriors, he's looking like the number two overall draft that he's showing out. The Lakers, again, like you said, they're going to take some lumps, but they're going to win some games that they're not supposed to win, and they're going to get better every month throughout the season. My question for you, we agree that the Lakers are halves. Does, does uh, Jordan Clarkson start the season as a two-guard, or is he the sixth man? I'm, I'm a little confused as to what the Lakers' future is at the two-guard position. Well, the, what Luke Walton has been saying constantly is that he doesn't want to have too much youth in that starting lineup. He wants a little wow. bit better and wants some veteran leadership, which is kind of understandable because it, it sounds like Luke wants, wants to develop the guys, but at the same time, he doesn't want to get his butt kicked because they're a young team, and if right, he's, if he's right. noticed, if he's noticed Jordan Clarkson in that second unit, he looks fantastic, and he's getting looks because he, he's the guy in that second unit. He runs that second unit, and he gets he gets the ball, he gets to look. I thought he looked great. Um, he did. He looked good the other night versus Golden State, which is nice. But they let him start the last two games. Um, so there's going to be now there's going to be a little bit of adjustment period again because he's going to have to adapt. To starting alongside D'Angelo Russell again, but yeah. you know when when you look at Luke Walton compared to you know folded arms Byron Scott, you know <laughs> the one thing the one thing that Luke Walton does for this for this team is he instills confidence and he instills freedom for them to yes. you know take your take your shot you know do your thing you know just play hard play defense and hustle and they're buying into that and that's the that's the thing you're seeing the Lakers do they're playing defense. You know, right, for the life right. of them here, they they didn't guard anybody. You know, so you're just gonna see a totally different, totally different team. And, and, and so far, everything looks looks good. Okay, okay. You know what? To, to your point, I'll piggyback on it. I look I look at D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson as similar players, and I kind of like having them separate. I kind of like having Clarkson running the second unit because they both need the ball. I'm not sure right now if, if Jordan Clarkson is good enough off the ball to play next to a D'Angelo Russell full-time. Like, finishing games, of course. But throughout the game, I wouldn't mind keeping them separate. But before
before I let you go and I get to the next team on my have and have not list, I want to I want to point out a particular play and I'm going to ask you your honest opinion in terms of have and have not. Julius Randle, I'm a little yeah. iffy on him. For you, is he a have or a have not with, with the Lakers' future going forward? You see, I was waiting for you to ask me about him. I was I knew it was coming. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Two days ago, Draymond Green paid an enormous compliment to Julius Randle, saying that Julius Randle has all the intangibles to be better than he ever was. And that's coming from a guy who's a champion, and they're one game away from being a two-time champion, and he would have probably won the finals MVP. The one thing Julius Randle is sorely lacking is a J. He has no no jump shot. And when that jump shot... I saw he had one in Kentucky. I don't know what happened between Kentucky and now, but his jump shot disappeared. When he starts hitting that J, he's going to be a borderline all-star every year. He's already a double-double machine. He averaged 12 and 10 last year. You know, I I figure this year he'll pick it up. He'll probably get around 15 and 10 this year. But once that jump jump shot starts falling, he's going to be a terrific player, and not even so much for the jump shot, but if he continues developing that right and he can go right, he's still going to get his bucket. You know, you know what it sounds like right now? You don't have him as a have or a have not. You kind of have him in, in an area that I was going to debut a little later in the show, but why not? It's the Lakers. He's kind of in purgatory right now. He's, he's nowhere. He's in the middle. Right now, for me, I he, think I would like Larry Nance over him. Today, sad to say it. I like Larry Nance more than him as of right now. Uh, I, I like Larry Nance. He's a big energy guy. But as far as potential, uh, Larry Nance just can't do what Julius Randle can do as far as bringing the ball up, um, as far as storing. Because remember, Julius Randle, yeah, he doesn't have a J, but if he wants to get to the rack, he can get to the rack. He's a freak athletically. So, And he's a bull. He can bully guys around down there. And you know, and you saw, you see it in their play. You give, you give them minutes. Julius Randle's always going to come out a little bit better. True, true. All right, so you know what? I'm, with, I'm with you on that one. He does have the higher upside. He's not a have or a have not. He's somewhere in the middle. But if everything goes according to his upside, he'll be a great have for the Lakers. Chris, this is always fun. Let them know. Let them know where they can find you. Let them know about your podcast. I'm gonna get out the way real quick. Yeah, uh, hashtag Blue Collar Sports. Find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We get a new episode up every Wednesday, Thursday night for all you guys. So check it out. Yo, it's one of my favorite podcasts on the internet. One of the first dudes to show support. The car sessions once I got on Twitter and started making waves. This guy was on it. I appreciate him. His show was awesome. And he's not just a schmo doing it. He's getting reputable guys. I think the voice of the Lakers he's interviewed. He's interviewed. Didn't you get Triple G the other day? I did Triple G, Freddie Roach. Yeah, I've got, I've got yeah, my, next, yeah. my, next, my next interview is going to be with the Lakers coming up. There you go. This, this guy is certified, people. Get with him. Blue Collar Sports. Chris, I appreciate the time, man. All right, man. One. All right. You know, from one coast to the next, I'm, I'm a native New Yorker. We have a car session family member. Sports blogger Eddie Cigar is going to join us right now to talk about the New York Knicks. Eddie. I know it's late, man. What's good? What's going on, Ray? Thanks for having me on. Yes, yes, yes. NBA season is approaching. I'm calling this 
NBA week on car sessions is all about the NBA. So I'm not sure if you've heard, so I'm going to let you know right now. What we're doing with this NBA preview, we're not going to talk about who's going to win the division in position battles or what Derrick Rose might do and what he might not do. What we're doing right now is, is calling it the haves and the have-nots of the NBA. So for you, Eddie Sagara, Nick fan, don't be biased. You're here to be objective. In your eyes, as of right now, are the Knicks a have or a have-not? Right now, uh, they're a have-not. Can't believe okay. I said that. Wow. The New York <laughs> Knicks are a have-not. And you're probably wondering why I think like this. Yes. I mean, let's not forget the New York Knicks haven't made the playoffs in three seasons. Okay. Let's not forget that the New York Knicks have had four coaches in the last three seasons. So much turnover, you know, so much turnover. You know, Carmelo Anthony, he's in his seventh season with the New York Knicks. It seems like yesterday he forced his way out of Denver. Um, it was just two years ago, New York Knicks fans were worried about Carmelo defecting to the Bulls and playing with Joaquin Noah of the world, playing with Derrick Rose. Those two gentlemen, two seasons later, are playing with Carmelo in the Mecca uh-huh. basketball. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so what you say right now is, as, as of today, the Knicks are a have-not because their history precedes them. But with Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Courtney Lee, and company, they have, have quote-unquote, potential. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it's a new team. Um, it's a new team, new coaching staff, you know, I know we always hear about the triangle offense, but you know, you have Jeff Hornacek who came over from the Phoenix Suns, likes to run a a run up and down the court, like a Mike D'Antoni offense. Um, they have to pretend, they have to pretend to, but right now, I mean, what are we going to get out of a Derrick Rose? Is he going to play, uh, is he going to play over 60 games this season? What are we going to get, uh, from a Joakim Noah? Guy was hurt the last couple of years. You know, only played over 30 games last year. Um, so if the, if the Knicks can get over 60 plus games from their acquisition, you know, from their Chicago Bulls acquisitions, then there's potential for a playoff spot. It's, but it's a little too early. They need to gel. Right, they need to right. play some defense. You know, that's been the problem the last couple of, years, a couple of years with the New York Knicks. They don't know how to defend the three-point line. You know, terrible defensive team. So, the broken progress. The Knicks so, let me ask, so, let me ask you this, Ed. Um, in your eyes, Knicks fan, Eddie Sagara, what, what, would be, what would need to happen for the Knicks to reach their ultimate potential. The Knicks on paper are at least the Eastern Conference Finals contender. I'm not going to call them NBA Finals contender. Eastern Conference Finals contender to meet up with the Cleveland Cavaliers. What would need to happen for the Knicks to hit their apex potential? I think it uh, begins and ends with Derrick Rose. I mean, yes, we all know that Carmelo Anthony is their best player, but if if somehow Derrick Rose can play at that MVP-type level, he played in, he played back in 2010, 2011. And let's not let's not forget he's playing for a contract. He's so not Chris Stapps or Melo? You put this on D Rose? No. The thing that I worry about Chris Stapps Porzingis is the fact that he's in his second season. And let's not okay. forget about the additions. Once again, a Derrick Rose, a Joe Noah, a Courtney Lee. 
They may not be a lot of shots early on for Kristaps Porzingis, you know? I mean, I'm sure the New York Knicks want to groom him to be that potential superstar. But right now on this current team, he's probably, what, maybe your third or fourth best option right now? I mean, if Derrick Rose is the X Factor, if he plays at that MVP-type level, the New York Knicks will make noise this season. If he does not, the New York Knicks won't even sniff the playoffs. All right, Ed, you know what, Eddie, I got to tell you, man, we, we've been doing this, you know, the Mets report. You're going to be talking a little Eastern Conference, New York Knicks, NBA, throughout the NBA season. I got to tell you, man, I appreciate your honesty right now. Like, I'm taking it back. I was fully expecting an orange and blue hat wearing Eddie to come on here and say, half, 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 <laughs> win everything. <laughs> I appreciate you for your honesty right now. It's making me look forward to our basketball banter coming up this season, man. I am looking forward to talking basketball with you this season. You already know I'm a Nick Basher. Uh, for me right now, on my end, I'm going to go the other way. I have the Knicks as a have, only because think about where they've been the last two seasons. They, for them to make the moves that they made, you know what? You could say it's putting a bandit on a gash. But the fact remains is to go from where they've been the last two years to acquiring a Derrick Rose. And like I said, when the, the, it, when, the, when the trade went down, this was a win for the, for the Knicks. Because you know what? It's a, it's a win-win. If Derrick Rose balls out, you win. If Derrick Rose is trash, you win. Why? Because you can get rid of him. There's no long-term contract attached to him. Whatever. I like Joe Kim Noah. It, but it's always a big effort, Joe Kim. But if he can stay on the court, him and Derrick Rose can give you what? I'm going to say 70 games for each. I'll give him 12 games off. If you can get 70 wow. games. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to give him I'm going to give him 70 games. If you can get if you can get 70 from those two guys. Courtney Lee's relatively underrated. He's good at what he does. He's not a star by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a solid defender. He's a knockdown three-point shooter if left open. He's a, he's a, he's a decent athlete. He can move he, he can move well, long story short. You're going to miss Brook Lopez, not Brook Lopez, Robin Lopez. I think I think that kind of glue guy in the locker room, I'm not sure where Noah is right now. He says he's happy to be in New York, but I think you're going to miss Robin Lopez. If you get anything from Chris Stapps, in terms of that second-year leap, the Knicks are good. I think right now the Knicks are a have because they're in the Eastern Conference. They up, they've up, they upgraded talent. It's going to be tough to double-team D-Rose, Mello, or Chris Stapps. That's to their benefit. They, they I, On the low, the Hornacek hiring was a very forward-thinking hiring. It wasn't his fault things didn't work out in Phoenix. If anything, I believe Hornacek was a victim of his own success. He wasn't supposed to be that good right away where he was. So being in New York... With real basketball players, real top-level talent over there, the Knicks are a have as of right now for me, Ed. Hey, I hope you're right, but another thing, uh, another thing, bear watching. Let's not forget the New York Knicks are bench. I mean, <laughs> where are they going to get their bench production from? I mean, yes, we have Brandon Jennings, but who else do the New York Knicks have on their bench? Sasha Vujicic? Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> you got I Brandon mean, Jennings, man. Like that. That's we what have Brandon. You're right. We have Brandon Jennings, who, since the Knicks spurned him a couple of years ago, always killed the Knicks at the Garden. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. he's on the team. But, you know, with Derrick Rose, you know, if he's hurt, you, you automatically put him in the starting rotation. But then who's your backup point guard? 
You right, know, so, so the, the New York Bears—it's I, I think having, I think having a mellow Chris Stapps and D Rose would allow you to alleviate the bench in terms of staggering minutes, so you don't expose the bench too much. And I think that's what the Knicks will employ throughout the season. That stagger the bench. Make sure you have always have at least one of your big three on the floor at all times, and you'll figure it out from there. That's true. You know, Ed, I appreciate the time. I'm about to go list off some more haves and have-nots. I look forward to talking to you in the near future, man. I look forward to talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Peace. All right, you know, had to start off this preview with two of the most success-starved teams currently. The Lakers have a lot of championships, but the past three years have been rough. It's, it's been painful. Knicks fans have been thirsty for a title 40-plus years. So I felt it was only right to start it off with those guys. But let's let's go in a different direction. If you clicked on the link here, you saw a picture of Dwayne Wade. You know Dwayne Wade is in Chicago right now. He's a bull. He kind of got forced out of Miami. Uh, I think the Chicago Bulls are a have-not. I think that the Chicago Bulls, they made that move that certain organizations make where they want to sell tickets. But they want to sell tickets at the expense of putting a proper product on the floor. When you look at Rajon Rondo, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade. All right, most knowledgeable basketball fans off the rip are going to say to themselves, these guys can't shoot the ball. Shooting is not a strong suit of the Chicago Bulls. It's going to have to come from, you know, the auxiliary pieces. But when I, when I look at, like, how does it make sense? I felt like Dwayne Wade had a better jump shot. If his jump shot was, was more useful... I would love this team because Jimmy Butler's an animal. Rajon Rondo's reputation has hurt him more than his actual game dimension has hurt him. I think those two together initially, I like that move. I felt like, I still feel like Rondo is the perfect point guard for Jimmy Butler. Getting Derrick Rose out of the way, getting Derrick Rose off the ball would allow Jimmy Butler to fully shine. Jimmy Butler has 25 a night capabilities in my opinion. But then you added the Wayne Wade, you clogging the area. You're clogging the hell out of this area, man. So you got to look around like, how, do you, how does this work? How, 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 how do we go about really and truly spacing the floor? It's going to have to look at a guy like Doug McDermott. He's going to have to knock down shots. Nikola Mirotic is going to have to knock down shots. It's critical of those guys. It's crucial for those guys to knock down shots. But where does the minutes come from? Because your best big man now, your best overall big man is Taj Gibson now that I know was gone. I know I've spoke about Robin Lopez recently, but Robin Lopez is a glue guy. He's an energy guy. But is he an upfront force? Tony Snell is going to have to show out. The auxiliary pieces for the Bulls are going to have to show out on a level that makes the fact that their three best perimeter players are not jump shooters, per se, It's going to have to make that point a little less prominent. You know what I mean? But the way they are built as of right now, look, again, this is a preview. This is not a, uh, they're going to suck for the rest of the season. But as of right now, 
I look at the Bulls as a have not because when I look at their roster, I feel like they're extremely easy to defend. You're not you're not gonna be losing sleep worrying about how do you stop the Bulls. You sag off for Rondo because people have been doing it for for about eight or nine years now. You sag off for Rondo, you take away the driving lane. You kind of do you kind of do the same with Dwayne Wade, depending on if the shot is working for him that night. If Dwayne Wade's shot is working for him, that opens things up for the Bulls. But you already know. It's a little iffy if that shot is going to work or not. So right now, have not. I'm sorry, Chicago. The Chicago Bulls are a have not for me. I don't expect much from them beyond a playoff appearance because they're in the East and they do have talent. But are they a contender? Are they a contender to beat anybody named the Cleveland Cavaliers in particular? No. Maybe top four. I say, all right, top five in the East. They might get home court in the first round. But that's about it. And if Dwayne Wade only plays them, because he played a lot of games last season, so you know what that means. Most Heat fans already know what that means. He a lot of games, that means he's not going to play a lot of games <laughs> this season. Dwayne Wade might, you might be lucky to get 66 games out of Dwayne Wade this season. No shade, I'm just saying. Let's go to the Western Conference. Who's a, who's a have or a have not out West? The Memphis Grizzlies. Word is, Zebo's coming off the bench. Word is, Mark Gasol is already hurt. And you know what, man? I just feel like the grindhouse era is coming to a close. Again, I'm not trying to bash. I'm not here to do that. But when I look at the Memphis Grizzlies, old man V Carter out there still doing his thing. That's cool. <laughs> You broke bank on Conley. You gave Conley the richest contract in NBA history for what? Who knows? Who's running this organization? So right now, I got to say, if there's a have-not in the Western Conference, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. Sheesh. You know, they got some Grizzly players over there. They certainly have veterans who know how to play the game. You have the wild card Lance Stevenson. You know you don't know what's gonna become of a Lance. I don't know. This team, this team, especially with the way the Western Conference is going, getting more. The Western, you really look at it. NBA fans, look around the Western Conference. Teams are getting more and more and more athletic. What is this team of two extremely slow bigs gonna do? Vince Carter still getting big minutes, twenty minutes or more a night team is a have not for me Dallas Mavericks Mm-mm-mm. to me the Mavericks are stuck in purgatory I don't know if I should if I want to call them a have or a have not I really don't know what to make of the Mavs right now I don't know you could say they had a decent offseason they, they they acquired Andrew Bogut Acquired Harrison Barnes. You still have Wesley Matthews a year removed from a ruptured Achilles. Old man Dirk over there. But to me, when I look at this team, they're not a have or a have not. They're a team that's stuck in the middle. They're not. There's no trajectory for the Dallas Mavericks. So they're they're the first team that I'm gonna put in purgatory because it's just like Dirk is gonna retire soon. They don't have a transcendent player to build around. They don't even have like a play with a high upside like we. Honestly, Harrison Barnes has to show me that he's capable of something in terms of high upside. 
ever since his North Carolina days when he came in and it was Kobe Bryant comparisons, he has not lived up to his potential. So for me, the team is in purgatory. They have nice parts. They'll be annoying from night to night, depending on who they play. They're going to be that team that, all right, you're on your fourth game in five nights and you got to go to Dallas. Damn, that's a loss. You know? But they don't they don't put fear in anyone's heart. They're not going to beat anybody substantial in the West in the playoffs. This team is in purgatory. Harrison Barnes getting $22 million to do what? You know what I mean? Dirk getting 25 mil because they owe him bread. Wesley Matthews getting 17 mil. Even with the new cap numbers. This team is in purgatory. And you got the old man Darren Williams. Man. Move on. <laughs> Next team we're going to talk about. The Milwaukee Bucks. NBA have or have not. The Milwaukee Bucks, I, I was, oh, last season, I was all in, fully all in on the Milwaukee Bucks, only to see this team again. It was so weird. It was like, what happened, guys? Jay Kidd missed time, injuries across the board. I was on Twitter getting in somebody else's conversation and the word was that the Bucks are tanking. They didn't tank. They just ran into a, a wave of terrible luck. You look at this roster here, Janice Atacumpo. I don't know why they gave Delhi all that money. <laughs> I don't know why they gave Delhi all that money. But you have a healthy Jabari Parker coming back. I like Mirza Toledovich. Michael Beasley's a wild card. I don't know. I don't even. I don't know. I don't like him for this roster. Greg Monroe has a lizard to the contract. But in all seriousness, for this team to be what we think it can be, it's on Asitakumpo, it's on Jabari Parker, it's definitely on Chris Middleton. If Don Maker is a wild if Don Maker, if that kid, that lottery pick, can see some kind of potential happening. If you look at the length. Oh my god. This team is built like a Western Conference team. First of all. First of all. I don't know man. This team. Has. Milwaukee Bucks. I'm still on them. I'm sorry guys. I, I Maybe I maybe I need to learn the hard way. But right now I have the Milwaukee Bucks. As a wild card have. Because if they are hitting. They're going to be held. For the conference. Young, athletic, long. You don't want to deal with this team in the playoffs if they get that far. I'm putting my hands out like Donald Trump in the, in the debates. I got my hands out right now. If they get that far, spirit fingers, word to Donald Trump. This team is going to be something to look at. Remember I said that. The Milwaukee Bucks. Or if they can find a way to make the right move. Things are not working. They can find a way to offer Greg Monroe and get a couple of more useful people. This team can be signed. Just saying. The Atlanta Hawks have not. Alright, y'all gonna say, oh, you got Dwight Howard. They got Dwight. They got rid of certain pieces that have been there too long. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Chris Humphreys is there, Tim Hardaway Jr., 
This team doesn't do anything for me, man. This team does absolutely nothing for me. Dennis Schroeder finally is going to get a chance to shine because they, they, they traded their starting point guard Teague in the offseason. But to me, how many years is this? How many years is it going to be of the same thing? You know what I mean? Atlanta's been fledging or been around or been decent for so many years. But they haven't done anything. When they finally got to the conference finals two years ago, Cleveland mopped them. They wiped the floor with them. And now you're paying Kent Bazemore wild money. You're bringing in Dwight Howard for what? To, to wear tight jerseys and do nothing. Still can't hit his free throws. Still doesn't have a, a, a go-to post move. Like, what is he there for? Seriously. You brought in Jared Jack, useful veteran. But for me, the team is a have-not. They're going to make the playoffs and get embarrassed. That's it. They're going to do what they always do. And to me, they're not even worthy of purgatory like Dallas. Because like I said, Dallas is the type of team that catch them on the, on the right night, they're going to embarrass you. This team right here is a have-not because they, all they did was put it themselves to sell a few extra tickets in the playoffs and get smacked by whoever the better team is in that series at that time, whether it's Cleveland or whomever else out of the Eastern Conference. They're a big have-not for me. No, I'm sorry, Atlanta Hawks. Y'all know y'all team. Y'all don't even go to the games. In the playoffs, the opposing team has more fans in the arena than the home team. So, y'all know what time it is. See, I can't take offense to what I'm saying. Whatever. Get mad if you want to get mad. But they're a have-not. And the uniforms are ugly. What the hell was that? Checkerboard, lime green, red, black. What's going on? They want to wear red jerseys with black pants? Come on, now. Have not. Atlanta Hawks. Now I got to spend some time on the Miami Heat. You know, if Chris Bosh hadn't had his health issues, you know, this is life and death. This is not no knee injury or ankle sprain or something, some typical NBA injury. Blood clots and high-level athletics don't go together. So I'm sorry. Honestly, I'm sorry that he's dealing with it. I'm kind of sorry that Pat Riley and Mickey Harrison have become so ruthless in their dealings with him. But you know what? Long-term, it's going to be for his own good. The last thing any one of us NBA fans want is to see Chris Bosh kill over while on the court. None of y'all want to see that. Y'all want to be all high and mighty and talk about, oh, Pat Riley this, Pat Riley that, he's such a this, he's such a that. Okay. And you know what? You guys are right. He's horrible. But you know what? None of y'all want to have to explain to y'all kids. If this dude, Chris Bosh, is jogging up the court and he just falls down. Who wants to explain that? I'll let y'all think about that for a second. Who wants to explain that? You damn sure do. All right. That being said, I feel as though the Bosch move has moved the Miami Heat from a have-ish team, because they still have a lot of useful youth, to a have-not. I can't even put them at purgatory, because I don't think they're very dangerous right now. They're not stuck in the middle. They're a have-not. You already have Goran Dragic complaining about this is what he signed up for, and that's a fact team that he signed with had Dwayne Wade, had Chris Bosh, 
had championship aspirations. The team he's with now, <laughs> the team he's with now has Hassan Whiteside as their superstar. And, you know, if the rumors are true, there's a possibility that there might not be a Goran Dragic. So this team is in full rebuild mode. You're giving $22 million to this dude. Justice Winslow, we don't know what his jump shot looks like yet. James Johnson. Huh? Wayne Ellington. Huh? Baino Udre. <laughs> Josh Richardson can play. But again, these are players that who fit better when they're not asked to do too much. Tyler Johnson got 45 million offseason. Again, it's like the Miami Heat are a have not because they don't have anything to hang their hat on besides the defensive anchor and on Hassan Whiteside who we don't know what his offensive game is about enough to where we can rely on him. He's getting twenty-two million dollars. He's getting paid as a superstar. But what is he? What is he really capable of? Is the question. What is he really capable of? Hmm? Miami Heat fans gotta ask themselves that question. Out in the West. Talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. A lot of talk, a lot of KD Russell Westbrook talk. As I said on my podcast this past Monday, the fact remains is this: y'all want to talk about how much of a villain Kevin Durant is, how horrible of a dude he is, and this and that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. But the point that we missed in all of this is the fact that he was not willing to play with Russell Westbrook anymore. I said that back in July. I said that this past Monday. I'm saying it again right now. He was not willing to share the floor with Russell Westbrook anymore. He went from having carte blanche, right? Having the pick of the litter in Oklahoma City to now having to share even more in Golden State. That needs to tell y'all something. I want to say he's taking an easy route, this and that. This guy has the ego of the athlete. He wants to be the MVP. He wants to score in titles. He just does not want to do any of this playing next to headstrong Russell Westbrook. Y'all can act like y'all don't want to see it, but it's a fact, bro. It's a fact. Well, back to Oklahoma City. Uh, I like what they did sans KD. I don't know. I think I might like the team. I like Victor Oladipo. I think Oladipo and Westbrook could be a devastating combination, actually. Steve Adams showed out in the playoffs. He showed that he's a useful big man in today's NBA. And his can could get bucket. I think all things considered, everything being equal, the Oklahoma City Thunder is a humongous hat. They're not, they're not going to be the team. They're definitely not going to be the team that got to the conference finals and almost got to the NBA finals. But depending on what kind of season Russell Westbrook has, if he has the transcendent season that people are expecting of him, right? And Oladipo can shine next to him. And his character is the offensive force we know he can be. 
And Steven Adams is a defensive anchor. We know he could be. This team can still win 50 games, y'all. Because Westbrook is not no regular superstar. Westbrook is transcendent. That's the word of the night. Transcendent. He's elite. He's the elite of the elite at his position. And if he has a season that we think he's going to have, if he does anywhere near the 38-8 and eight that we think he's going to do with the pace they plan on playing, this team can still win. I still, you know what? Book it. 50 wins. 50 wins for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's a big half considering what they lost. What, considering what they don't have, that is a major half for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Big up. I like this team. I like, and I like angry Westbrook in this situation. I'm not saying Westbrook is a state. He played a big role in KD leaving him as much as y'all don't want to admit it. But now, it's his team. He gets a chance to lead, whether it's by vocally or by example. But I think he's going to show up, y'all. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm going to follow the trend that everyone else is following. And I have Westbrook doing that 38-8. and eight. I have Westbrook getting his first MVP. And I have the Oklahoma City Thunder as a big half. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out major teams here. Because you know what? More car sessions for the new listeners. We don't like to fake the funk. You know, you, you, you watch sports networks. You watch all these shows. They like to pretend that certain teams are important. They like to pretend that certain teams mean more. We don't focus on specific teams more than others. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I know we're talking about the Knicks. We talk about the Lakers. We talk about OKC. We talk about Miami. We're going to talk about the Bulls. You know what I mean? So that's the teams we're going to talk about. The Bucks will get spoken about because the Bucks are going to be a fire team this year or they're going to be a major disappointment. Have not Houston Rockets. Now everybody's here, you know, jumping on the James Harden bandwagon, talking about over oh, Dan Tony and his usage rate and what they're gonna do schematically. They, they they could be possibly really good. I'm gonna simplify this for you guys real quick. If Mike D'Antoni is your head coach, any team that D'Antoni is affiliated with on the coaching level is a have not in today's NBA. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, what about seven seconds or less? What about spread, pick, and roll, motion offense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this is true. Absolutely right. Wait, a lot of you guys are missing, and only the true basketball fans have observed, is that teams have taken D'Antoni's system and figured out how to do it better than he ever has done it. <laughs> Imagine that. Guys like Steve Kerr taking elements did it better. Popovich did it better than him. The Miami Heat during the victory era took summer elements. Did it better than him. Huh? Jeff Hornacek, when he was in Phoenix, did it better than him. Alvin Gentry, when he took over the same Suns team that he left, did it better than him. Alright? So, I can't put no respect on Dan Tony's name, man. I cannot. They still won't play any defense. And, and after all the videos, right, all the snippets that came out about James Harden and his lack of defense, the videos are a plenty. You go out there and you hire Mike Day. Like, who's running the, the Rockets? The Rockets as a, an entire organization is a major have-not for me, man. 
your best player is allergic to defense. They say he, it was because he was hurt, and he, you know, he was trying to conserve himself on the, for the offensive side of the ball. And I, I can see where that might be the case. All right, I can see where that might be the case. But his lack of defense was so egregious that it just looked like sheer laziness. So now you're gonna give him more offensive responsibility. By having him run the point, which now means that he's going to conserve even more energy on defense. The team is going to be entertaining to watch. They're going to average about 108 points a game. But Mike D'Antoni and James Harden is a recipe for little to no defense. And with that being said, have not. Sorry. Sorry, Houston. Indiana Pacers. Now, this is the team. If there's a team that I think can make things interesting with the Cleveland Cavaliers out east, it's the Pacers. First question is why? They have a superstar who can create his own shot and can force LeBron to play defense. That superstar, if you I don't know who it is, you know, if you're dumb, you live under a rock, you don't follow the Indiana Pacers. I don't know how that's possible. Paul George Paul George's leg nearly fell off a couple years ago now you're going to say I'm trying to be funny no no, seriously if you didn't see that injury look it up on YouTube his leg nearly fell off and he came back from that in in impressive fashion we saw in that series against the Raptors where he pushed the Raptors to their limits he was the superstar on the floor he was the biggest superstar on the floor more than Cal Lowry more, more than uh, my man, I forget his name right now. But anyway, he was the biggest superstar on the floor. DeMar DeRozan. It always, it always happens to me. I, the name comes back. When I move on, then the name comes back to me. DeMar DeRozan. He's a superstar. And now you add to the fact that you still have Monte Ellis who can create his own shot. This, this is what I'm trying to explain to y'all. Shot creative guys who are not relying on someone else to get a bucket. Monte Ellis can get his own shot. You bring in the Al Jefferson. You still have C.J. Miles over there. Aaron Brooks can you know still get hot, but Jeff Teague. So you have Jeff Teague shot creator, Paul George shot creator, Monte Ellis shot creator. All of them can get buckets for themselves as well. Daddy is young on his team. They got a nice rotation of bigs. team is ready. Still have Rodney Stuckey. Niang on the team that they just drafted from Iowa State. I really like this team, man. I like this team a lot. I think this is the team that will give Cleveland a run for their money. Are they going to beat Cleveland? Probably not. Who knows? I, You know? <laughs> LeBron looks like he's not trying to give up his spot in the finals. But if there's a team that can make it interesting and have the requisite parts, it's Indiana. They're a half. If you're not buying the pace of stock right now, you guys are slipping. I don't know what y'all drinking. I don't know what y'all sniffing. I don't know what y'all smoking. But that is the team that y'all need to be on. To me, Paul George, last year was was a creep. This year is going to be the leap to mega start. This is the Paul George that we're going to go back to seeing the year after they, they lost to Miami in the conference finals the first time. Yeah, man. I'm putting I'm putting it out there. 
we're going to get that version of Paul George with more experience in a more refined game. I'm putting that out there. I think I think the Pacers are specialists here. I think they have the right kind of team. They're not going to play that ugly bully ball. They have the right amount of athletes, and they have a useful big who can isolate in the paint and get create shots, get the opposing team's front line in foul trouble if they ever want to go that route in terms of putting pressure on the opposing team's front court. They have all the parts you need to be successful in the Eastern Conference. I think the Knicks have more brand-name talent. They have more boutique talent, but that talent is kind of brittle, kind of fragile. Pacers have the right blend of youth and experience to make things easy, interesting in the Eastern Conference. Major have. I'm going to list a couple of have-nots right now for you guys. You can, you, you can agree to disagree if you want. I don't care. Orlando Magic, have-not. Washington Wizards, have-not. Utah Jazz, have-not. Denver Nuggets, have-not. New Orleans Pelicans, they have the Unibrow, but what else? Have not. Brooklyn Nets. The biggest have not of them all. The Brooklyn Nets allowed Billy King to run them into the ground. Completely into the ground. Trading away all kinds of draft picks in the process. They have no, like, like, what is the plan in Brooklyn? Is there, a, is there like an end game? Is there an end result for the Brooklyn Nets besides sucking again? Oh, we got Jeremy Lin! Oh, come on now. Nick Lopez! One-dimensional big man. I don't care what you say, Mark. He's a one-dimensional big man. He plays no defense. He doesn't rebound. All he does is get buckets. Then he's very slow. So what if you like him? He's not good. Philadelphia 76ers. Purgatory. So now, why, why do you say purgatory and not have not, job? All right, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. I don't really know what to make of this team. Ben Simmons is hurt. Jalil Okafor. I'm, not, I'm still, the, the jury's still out in, in terms of, does he, does he want to be there? I don't know. Noel and B looks like a beast. Nerland's Noel, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have a lot of parts. They have a lot of exciting youth. A lot of the youth doesn't fit. In fairness, I'm not going to, you know, pretend like I don't know what time it is. It doesn't fit. But boy. They're a couple of moves away and getting rid of some of the youth and getting some useful assets coming back their way from being an interesting watch. As much as people bash the process, this is all part of the process. Shout out to my man Elton Brand, by the way. He retired. Longtime NBA vet. Did 17 years in the league. I didn't realize it was that many years. Salute to him on the retirement. He, he, does, he doesn't need to be there. They get a couple of pieces for a Noel. They get a couple of pieces for uh, uh, 
not I'm about to say Jabari Parker, for Jaleel Okafor. Ben Simmons comes back healthy. Joel Embiid hmm, looking like what he's been looking like. Purgatory. Because they're going to be the kind of team when they make those moves. On, 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 a, on a Wednesday night in February, they're going to smoke some good teams because they're youthful, they're exuberant, and they're talented. Purgatory. But the, I think they're headed towards half. Now you get a question like why I put the Lakers I have and I put them in purgatory because I can see the Lakers' plan. The Lakers have a, a physical plan and, and, and it's by position. When you look at the, the Philadelphia 76ers, positionally speaking, they don't have a plan. They just have a lot of highly pitched, talented front court players that they need to move to get some backcourt players, some shooters, and probably a guy who can play, you know, a little defense, dunk the ball, long, 6-7. They're out there in the league. Make the deal. Purgatory, Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to run off a list of some teams that I have as halves in the league. Phoenix Suns, halves. Detroit Pistons, halves. They, they might make some noise. Boston Celtics. A lot of people are down on a, on a Al Horford deal. I'm I'm not one of them. Half. Charlotte Hornets. Kemba's my boy. Half. Portland Trailblazers. Let's stay right there. You know, there's a lot of people. You know, a lot of NBA fans. They're talking about. They love competition. They love this. They love that. Super team in Golden State, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at a team in Portland, and I'm seeing McCollum, and I'm seeing Dame Lillard. And I'm saying to myself, uh, this team right here is going to have to be answered for. I don't know why, but I'm really on Portland. Part of it is their performance. I know Steph wasn't healthy. But part of it was their performance against 73 wins. Golden State Warriors last season. Like, they made the Warriors earn every part of that five-game series win. Every part of it. Like I said, you you look at Mr. McCollum, Dame Lillard, Alfarik Amino, who can play. I like Plumlee up front. Ed Davis has been useful. Vesta Zili is going to be useful there. Myers Leonard is useful over there. I like the Evan Turner pickup, sneaky good pickup. Everybody's mad at Evan Turner. You know, they're mad at the money. I get it. I was a little salty at the paper, too. But when you really think about it, when you really think about it, Evan Turner's that kind of guy who can do a little bit of everything. He can do a little bit of everything and take the pressure off all of his teammates, especially all of the perimeter teammates, and even some of the front court teammates with his ability to rebound, his ability to push the basketball. This team right here, and you know what? I always talk about this on car sessions. Length. Very important. The way the Western Conference is set up, you have to have two-way players. You have to have a lot of length as well to, for the cross matchups and for the small ball. That's not necessarily small because these guys are 6'7 and 6'8 calling themselves small. You know what I mean? To me, the Portland Trail Blazers are the team that everyone should be afraid of, man. 
If you're not afraid of the the, the Portland Trailblazers, I'm, I'm I shake your head. I, <laughs> this team is not going anywhere. This team is not going anywhere for any time soon. Terry Stotts did a hell of a job last season, and you got to factor in that playoff experience will only boost them up even more. Whereas you look at and some of the length in Houston with the wrong coach and the wrong approach to basketball, everything that's happening, everything that's happening in Portland right now makes sense to me as a consumer, as a viewer. That's all I'm saying. Major half. Everybody's looking at Oklahoma City and Westbrook. They're looking at the San Antonio Spurs more on them in a second. But they're not looking at Portland, y'all. Portland's going to piss a lot of people off this year. If you're not betting on Portland, Vegas, start getting your money right. Get that paper right, bro. San Antonio Spurs. Purgatory. <laughs> what? I know. I know. Now, hear me out. I have them in Purgatory because I believe that they're going to be a good team, as always. But purgatory and, and not being a have is for different reasons. You can be good, but if you're good for so long, what are you? What are you? Braves? You the Bills? Huh? Manu Ginobili's getting old. Tony Parker is old. Word is Lamarcus Aldridge is already on the outs. And then you're asking Kawhi Leonard to now be the man, but is he capable of being the man? They brought in Pau Gasol. He's old. He'll be useful. They have David Lee in it. They, they have a lot of good players, but they don't have enough for championship. And it's like, I feel like they're going to be stuck in neutral in, in, in the sense that they're going to be good all the time. They're going to be really good for the next few years. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's going to be like, what is good if you're not championship good? They won. They they almost won seventy games last year, but when they ran into a team like Oklahoma City, who was young and athletic, they got ran off the floor. You got a bunch of big lumbering dudes who can barely move. Lamarcus Aldridge has never been a go-to superstar for championships. He's a good. He's one of those NBA stars that you could tune on TNT or ESPN game of the week, whatever. Oh, Paul Lewis playing. Oh, LA's playing. All right, let me see LA. He gonna ball out here and give him twenty-five and ten. Cool. But it's not a 25 and 10 that's going to be like championship. Oh, this guy is a monster, no. It's, he's a nice player. If you got a league pass, you want to see a nice big man play, that's L.A. He's not Tim Duncan who's going to um, impact the game on a championship level. I'm not here to bash him. But I never understood the deal. A year ago, when the deal was made, I was like, I don't know about this deal. I think I had them. I had, I had OKC and Golden State going to the conference finals before free agency. The year Lamarcus all just signed with the Spurs. I had OKC and GSW in the conference finals. I just look at the, the Portland. No, Portland. I just look at the Spurs and I see a team that's going to be good. They're going to have to be answered for, but they're not going to be anything that that moves the needle in terms of championship. They're going to be a team that's going to be hard to get out of the way. Like you play a video game. Like, all right, you know, I, I love Street Fighter. If y'all if don't know by now, I, I love Street Fighter, right? Street Fighter 2, you played that game. Before you had to get the Bison, who did you have to beat? You had to beat Saget or Sagat. The San Antonio Spurs 
with the moves that they've made have positioned themselves to be a sagat of the NBA. You want to go through anybody important? Before you get to them, before you beat Bison, which is the Warriors, you got to go through Sagat. That's what happened with the, with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder last year. They went through Sagat, they ran into Bison, and they, and they ran out of quarters. That's all. They was almost there to beat them. They ran out of quarters. It is what it is. Couple of more halves. You know we're reeling them off right now. I like Phoenix Sun. They're heading in the right direction. Major have. Um, I, I like the Clippers as a have, but the arrows pointing down only because I look at them and it's just like they're approaching purgatory status because it's like all right, you've had the same team for roughly five years. Like the pieces have been the same for I think four or five seasons. The outcome has been the same for four or five seasons. I think Blake has approached free agency as well. You know, there's going to be talk about trading him of things. You know, if things go crazy to start the year, you, you're going to start hearing the trade rumors. Chris Paul is again in the younger. You already hear that Paul Pierce is out the door. The prodigal son is there, Mr. Rivers. I, I don't know. I don't think people are still saying, you know, they, they change the quality. To me, the Clippers got to get to the conference finals first. I know everybody says that, but it's like sometimes, even though everybody's saying that, you don't want to repeat what everyone else is saying. It's still a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still have to answer for that. You still got to show that for all this talent that you have on this roster, that when main June rolls around, you're capable of doing something substantial besides giving us some dope highlights and being a tough team that you got to eliminate before that team goes on to win the championship or make it to the finals, you know? Like, you beat the Spurs in the first round, and then what did that amount to? So I'm still going to have them as a have because the talent is high-pitched. And you never know. Maybe Doc finally figures it out. Or the wheels fall off, and the, the staple center will belong to the Lakers again. <laughs> but uh, we got basketball minds on the line right now. He's going to join me. I've been bugging this man to come on my podcast for about a year. You know... You might have heard of him. Same as Snotty Trippin. Snotty, welcome. Car session. Thank you for coming on. Hey, anytime, brother. I appreciate you having me on, man. What's good? I'm chilling, man. You know, just running over the list of the teams that I think are haves and have-nots for the upcoming NBA season. I've been looking around. And I see everyone has done a preview. Everybody, for the most part, knows what the roster looks like. So I wanted to go in a different direction with this preview here, man. But... I have you on here because I want to talk about the two teams that made it to the finals last year. In my opinion, they are both halves, but for various different reasons. The Cavaliers are the defending champions. They have LeBron James. They have Kyrie Irving, who I think on the low is still ascending. Like People are still looking at LeBron James for the most part, not understanding that Kyrie is that guy. You know, KD's out west. He's with the Golden State Warriors. You know, I'm not really sure about that move. So I wanted some... Enlightenment from your end. Uh, for the Cavaliers to be successful and continue being a hazard they are, is it going to be more on Kyrie or is it going to be more on LeBron James or does Kevin Love finally come into the equation for this team? No, it's funny because I keep seeing people saying, you know, LeBron's going to turn the reins over to Kyrie and, and Kevin Love. and they're care- No, that's not. That's maybe a couple years down, down the road. But right now, okay. it's still LeBron James' world. He's still um, – He's he's still in his prime. He's at the you know kind of tail end, and you know the hey the downward slide is gonna start soon. 
And for yeah. him, even at even him at eighty percent would be better than most people at hundred percent. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah, LeBron James was still he's going to coast and average twenty five seven and seven light yeah. work. Kyrie Kyrie's in a perfect place. Uh, you, you can't Kyrie can't do what a lot of other point guards can do as far as just put a team on his back every night. But he's in the perfect position where he plays off the best player in the league. And Kevin Love, I, I, I still think it's an awkward fit. Um, there's other players that would fit better, but I think they're gonna they're gonna roll with him. If it's not broken and it worked last year, don't try to fix it. And he, he he's in no matter what. You know what? And I think that's not spoken about a lot. LeBron James allows Kyrie Irving. I call him combination platter because that's what he was giving to the Warriors the second half of that final series. He allow, LeBron James allows Kyrie to really shine. It's kind of like I'm a Kobe fan. You know, that's my dude, but I'm not an ignorant Kobe fan. The first three championships, especially I would say the first two, Shaq allowed Kobe to really roam free. Like Kobe, you don't give a dude like Kobe that free reign to wild out like the way he did. And I think having LeBron on the court allows Kyrie to go ham to that same degree. Um, I don't know about this whole letting the reins go deal either because I saw LeBron master the art. Because I was one of the, I was kind of early. I thought he was on the downside of his prime, and then he shut me the hell up in the finals. I think this guy's gonna like you said he's gonna coast, but I think he wants one more MVP, man. Like a lot of shade was thrown steps way throughout the season. I think he wants that trophy back at least one more time before he steps down. Yeah, I think so too. I think he saw he heard that. I'm not reading you, man. Like you just went into like a tunnel or something. Yeah, he played well last year. Ah, uh, we lost Snotty. I'm see if I can get him back on in a second. But yeah, man. Uh, I'm look. I'm looking at Kyrie in a situation where LeBron can coast. He can still take the requisite pressure off. He can still take the requisite pressure off of a Kyrie. Kyrie can still put, he's going to put up stupid numbers. I think the formula that we saw in the NBA finals to where those two guys just kept putting immense pressure, immense pressure on the opposition is going to be continued throughout the season. Kyrie will probably take more shots than LeBron because LeBron's going to take a few nights off. He's going he's gonna to coast. He's going to, you know, look to be a facilitator some nights. You might see Kevin Love get a few nights where he really goes off because LeBron is taking his foot off the guy. But I think that, you know, the Cavaliers are a major half. You know, you got you got these, 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 these sports fans, they hate on LeBron James, you know. My issue with LeBron has always been, I felt as though, the pedestal he was placed on, you know, from like his third year in the league, like the way they talked about it. I remember his first MVP season. They were talking about LeBron being an MVP before the season even started. And, you know, I got a little salty. Again, I mentioned I was a Kobe Bryant fan, so I felt a little way about the accolades that LeBron was getting while Kobe was still on his prime. But then, as a ball fan, like, how can you love basketball and not like LeBron? Or at least respect him. You don't got to be a fan of his, but you got to respect him. You know, we, oh, we got Scotty back on the, on the line now. Yeah, welcome back, man. I don't know what happened there. You went into the Vortex call, got dropped, now we're back. Nah, man, I guess my t- my take was too hot. You kicked me off the, you kicked me off the air. Um, so I, I don't know the last thing you heard, but I, I was just saying that, uh, yeah, right now LeBron James is still the height of his powers. Um, and you're right. Uh, he, playing alongside LeBron James, 
allow Kyrie not to have to worry about the point guard, point guard duty. That's the thing. I hate when people use this term, oh, he's not really a point guard. He's a shooting guard, a point guard's body. That's great. But that's basically what he plays with, plays like with besides LeBron James. LeBron James takes care of the playmaking um, and all the highlights, you know, doing everything else. Plus scoring like LeBron's for us. LeBron, oh, yeah. you know, he actually pulled one Kyrie. But and it lets Kyrie, you know, he's free to just be himself, which is, I'm going to get the ball, I'm going to ISO you up, and get my jumper in your face. I mean, and, and you yeah. can't do that. You, you can't do that when you don't have to worry about getting double teamed at all. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it, it's funny because we were having this discussion down on social media. Someone was telling me how Kyrie's a better scorer than Dame. And I was like, well, Dame was like, Dame, uh, Dame Lillard. And I said, not really. He's in a better scoring situation than Dame. Right. But, you know, uh, you put Dame beside, beside the best player of the generation and the, the guy who likes to make plays for others, and Dame's going to look just good. You know, he'll, he'll be more efficient, all that. So, yeah, it's, it's, you can't you can't untie Kyrie and love success from, from playing beside the greatest player of his generation. You know, and it, it's hard. You know, you have these conversations. It's like some fans, they can't separate certain things. They don't. They just see stats. They see highlights. They don't understand that there's so much more that goes into a guy shining on a certain level. You know what I mean? It's like exactly. That's why I use the Kobe and Shaq reference because, like, a lot of Kobe Bryant fans, they don't talk about the fact that you know Kobe got to eat because Shaq was drawing so much attention. Granted, towards the end of their run, Kobe started seeing more doubles. But if you want to look back at two superstars feeding off each other the right way, early on it was those two guys. Kyrie's never gonna get double teamed as long as LeBron is at the height of his powers. Like you said, you put Dame over there, he will kill. You could put John Wall over there, he will kill. You know what I mean? That's just how no, it's no, 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 no. Yes, that's you where. John Wall couldn't kill with him because John Wall needs a ball in his hand. He's not a shooter like Kyrie, and then fair, he's not much of a score. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, got, I got a lot of love for John Wall. Maybe I'm being biased. Um, no, I, I like John Wall, too. I just He's a different kind of point guard. Like He needs the ball, and he wants other guys to score. While, you know, so him and LeBron were kind of bumped heads a little bit. They'd be great together, but I, I think a guy like Kyrie would, does better with a guy like LeBron than a guy that like Wall would. I can see that. I can see that. My question for the Golden State Warriors is this. I spent literally a year and a half trying to, like, tell people that the Golden State Warriors, as much as they, you know, they, they love Steph, they love the shooting, they love Draymond, was that they hold was more than certain pieces. You had about four guys or five guys that was a legit six, 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 seven, two-way role-player types. They got rid of a lot of those pieces bring in a Kevin Durant. To me, like, the vibe of the team is completely different now. Like, I don't I don't feel the same way watching them. It's still going to be great to watch, you know, with KD in there, but the overall team, I'm a little concerned about because I feel as though, like, you don't have a Leandro Barbosa anymore. You don't have a Mo Buckets coming in anymore. You don't have a Harrison Barnes. I'm not sure are the pieces as interchangeable now with KD as opposed to what they had the last two seasons? I mean, you're... Like I hear what you're saying, you're right, but you have a Kevin Durant. Like yeah. it's such an upgrade. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. I, I it's funny now. There's a lot of Golden State fans saying the same thing you're saying right now. Oh, we shouldn't mess up the chemistry because you know we're doing so well. But my point is like, sure, you you give up like you know three or four guys, but now you have Kevin Durant. You have two MVPs in their prime. You know, yes. MVP caliber. <laughs> then, then you got two All Stars alongside them. You have four players that at any given moment. You can have two all-stars on the floor 
any given moment. And then you put all four of them out there and do that lineup of death with Iggy out there. And yeah. I mean, how do you stop that? So I get it. They give up some depth, and um, you know, let's knock on wood, it doesn't happen. If one of those guys gets hurt for an extended period of time, they're not going to struggle. But you know, that's going to make the, it is going to be weakened, right? But still, even if say Clay goes down, you still got Steph, Dre, and Kevin fucking Durant all together. So it's true. It's uh, it's going to be crazy. I get it. Uh, but here's the thing: there's a new set of pressures from Golden State now, right? right. Before they were they're playing for championships. But when you when you bring in a player like Kevin Durant, now it's not are they going to win a championship? It's how many are they going to win? For Kevin Durant, the pressure the pressure goes from okay, is he ever going to win a championship? To because let, let's, let's be real, if this team together in four years doesn't win at least three championships, we're going to call it a We are. So it's a whole new different set of expectations. So if Kevin Durant thought he was escaping the pressures of carrying the team, he's about to, he's, he's never seen pressure before until. They're down three two in a in a playoff series. Oh and, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and Draymond hurt, you know. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see, man. We've never seen a team quite like this, and uh, it's going to be interesting. You, you you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously the superstars will carry the day. You know, I guess I kind of started romanticizing. The, the, we got to call them the old Warriors now because that team doesn't exist anymore. But it's like at the end of the day, if you do have KD on the floor, you do have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you're all right. And I, I said when the deal was made, people are talking about shot selection and everything like that. I'm like, yo, the way this team plays ball, that's not going to matter. It's not like it's going to be one dude pulling all the time. They already moved the ball. Like, the whole concept of this team is getting the highest percentage shot at every possession. If you got a bunch of guys who buy into that concept, it's nothing to worry about. You know what I mean? But, like, my question I mean, to you, what's up? No, I, I was gonna say like already in the in the preseason we saw KD have a game where he had like 25 points and he only took 10 shots. He had another he game where he took he, another game he had he took 10 shots and scored 23. So yeah, people talking about you know oh are there enough shots to go around? With those guys where they shoot the ball, you know, hey, 80 shots is enough for those four to go around. They'll, they'll exactly. all be fine. They'll, they'll be definitely fine. So so go ahead. What's your question, brother? Let's, let's get it. You got two. 250, 40, 90 guys. What are we worried about here? You know what I'm saying? But exactly. I, I look at I'm, all this talk about Kevin Durant. I, I wanted a person, you know, who's, who pays attention to the game's opinion, not just like a random fan. All this talk about Kevin Durant as a villain, Russell Westbrook and OKC and all this and that. And I feel like people are not talking enough about the fact that Kevin Durant left a situation where he had carte blanche to go to a situation where he's essentially taking a lesser role for a championship. Nobody's talking about he ran from Russell Westbrook. Am I wrong in feeling like he ran from Westbrook? Or or, or you on the side of the fence where he took the easy route? No, I mean, we got we got, And it's funny. I read that uh, Rolling Stones piece on him. And, and it kind of says, for once in his life, he says, once, for once in his life, he put himself first. He wasn't right. doing it for anybody else. And, I mean, you kind of got to respect that. Um, it's funny, though, because that, that same article, it opened up some other windows. Like it says... You know, he was kind of disappointed that while other teams got better, they kept getting younger. You know, they traded Harden and, and they traded, you know, the Lamb was gone. And so they never find that third piece goal. And my thing is, like, you're the franchise, bro. You know, you are you are a top three player in the NBA. Can you imagine LeBron James just keeping his mouth shut while his team didn't bring in the players he wanted? You know, right. and it tells me a little bit about, about Kevin Durant, not in a bad way. It's just everyone's not built like Kobe. Everyone's not built like LeBron, where LeBron is, LeBron is now a front off of bullets. There's no way, like, yes. he lets any of that happen. Yeah, 
Dan Gilbert is over a barrel, and if LeBron says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. That's it. And Kevin Durant had that, Kevin Durant had that same authority, and and he did he didn't flex. He let he let Russell Westbrook take charge of that team a lot of times, even to the detriment of the team. Kevin Durant didn't step up and say you know say what he had to say. So um, it shows me that in a lot of ways, as talented as Kevin Durant is, and this is not a knock on him. He wants to be one of the. He wants to be one of the guys. He, they even said it in all the articles. They're like he wants to be one of the feathers. He doesn't want that pressure on him anymore. So did he abandon Russell Westbrook? Um, yeah, sure he did. But he did it for himself, and that's that's okay. It's okay to be selfish sometimes. He, that's, that's, he did what he played him to do. I, I can't be mad at him really. Hey man, like I've been preaching since July on my pod. It's called free agency, not selected agency. Like he, once he that's, became that's free. It. You know, he, he was free to go wherever he wanted to go. All this, these constructs that they keep trying to fit superstars under, like, yo, listen, you can't get hyped for free agency to get mad when he picked the team that he wants to pick. Like, that's not how this works, you know? Exactly. But, yo, man, so, we've yeah. been a little bit over. I appreciate the time. You know, I, I'd like to have you on. Matter of fact, before you go, let the listeners know where they can find your podcast, where they can find you out on the net, et cetera, et cetera. Appreciate it, man. Well, um, uh, we, we got we got our own B-Ball Breakdown podcast over at Blog Talk, so check us out there. You can find me um, under Instant Office Podcast. Uh, you'll Hey, search me on Twitter, at Snotty Drippin'. And, uh, yeah, we, I do my thing over at bballbreakdown.com where uh, I'm probably the worst guy on there. There are a lot of smart writers putting out some really good content, man. So we're all excited <laughs> about the season. We're gonna be, I'm going to be dropping it you know, as much as I can this season. And, you know, you can find me. Hey, anytime you want to jump in and talk, talk some basketball on Twitter, I'll be there, man. You guys can find me. I appreciate you having me on, brother. I appreciate you coming on, man. Have a good one. All right, my man. Peace. You know, the people, we're, we're coming to a close. I think let – me, let me go back to my list. Other haves and have not, right quick, right fast. Did I did I leave anybody out? Hmm? Sacramento Kings, <laughs> have not. Sorry, you guys have Boogie Cousins. Rudy Gay before the season even started was already talking about getting up out of here. So therefore, have not. Washington Wizards, I'm a little concerned about the Bill and John Wall dynamic, even though Snotty kind of shot down my, my, my feelings about uh, John Wall to a certain degree of what he, what he can and what he can't do. I dig. I, he, he's right, but I just love John Wall. So I, I believe that he would figure things out playing next to a LeBron James. But there I have not because when you got when you got a player who's so vehemently concerned with the next man's paper spread, he's looking at his teammates' money. As much as he want to say it's not the case, it is the case. He was looking at his bread. That's that's troubling. They haven't done much to improve the roster either. You look you look at what the, you look at what the Wizards are made of. Like, what does this team do for you as as an NBA fan? What do they do for you? Marcin Cortez, I still like him. He's cool, but Otto Porter's still there. Markeith Morris ain't been never been anything. Yan Mahimi, I don't know. I don't know, man. This team is going to be high. Might be an Eastern Conference sneak in, but the bottom of the East isn't as bad as it used to be. So I can't really call it. Um, and last but not least, I, I left this team last on purpose. I wanted to bookend this show with two halves, but on different perspectives. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Everybody's talking about the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, Timberwolves, and Timberwolves. Huh? 
NBA 2K even had this team rated super crazy high. Like, I think 87 overall as a team. So, wait a minute. Like, this, how? I, all right. Well, so, basically, what they're trying to say to me is, is that Carl Anthony Towns is a transcendent player. They try to, They also try to say to me that Andrew Wiggins is a transcendent player. They also trying to say to me that Zach Levine is dynamic. They also trying to say to me that Chris Dunn is dynamic. And you know what, y'all? It's true. Everything I just said is true. They have two transcendent players on their team. They have two other dynamic players on their team. Ricky Rubio is going to be traded at some point, and he's going to bring in a haul that balances out the roster as well. To me, you have, all right, while they're not on the same level, the Lakers and the Timberwolves are in an arms race in the Western Conference. What's the, what's the uh, OKC runs this course? Once the Spurs in purgatory runs this course, once the Golden State Warriors and the Clippers run their courses, the Lakers and the and the Timberwolves are going to be the two teams that float up, along with the Portland Trailblazers. Those are going to be the three teams overall. Can't forget Phoenix Suns. I, Phoenix Suns, I put them in the half list, but, you know, they're they still a few pieces away. Eric Blessel can't stay healthy for the life of them. They're a few pieces away from really being in that conversation, but they're in the right direction. But really and truly, Timberwolves are going to cause problems. The Timberwolves are going to the playoffs this season. And if they do miss the playoffs, it's not going to be because they were bad. It's going to be because it's going to be because the Western Conference is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. But I think Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, oh, oh. Shabazz Muhammad is nothing to sniff at either, y'all. Listen. Major have. I'm closing the show out on a positive with a major have. Look out for those two teams. Look out for that team, the Timberwolves. Oh, man. Like, I'm looking at this roster. I'm like, yo, this team right here. And even, like, I call Towns is big. You're saying it's a small league. That's cool. I get that. But Carl Towns can move his feet and he can step out and shoot the three. Chris Dunn is an athletic beast. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm not even a Timberwolves fan, but I love to see growth. I love to see teams come up, build up, rise up. And to me, the Minnesota Timberwolves, as much as I was mad at the 2K rating, I wasn't a fan of it. I felt like they were slurping them a little too crazy. But I got I to gotta keep it a stack with y'all. I think, they, I think the hype might be valid. I think the hype might be valid. But ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The NBA have and have not preview edition of Car Session Sports Report. This show is going to be running from now through next week. NBA week. There won't be an episode of Car, new episode of Car Session Sports Report this Monday because it's all about the NBA. I've been very NFL heavy. It's all about the NBA. My Twitter feed is going to be all NBA. The show is going to be all NBA. Understand that. Don't get mad at me. Just understand that I'm a big NBA fan and I feel as though NBA deserves its rightful place on car sessions. And oh, by the way, attached with this special release of the podcast.
podcast. My iTunes channel will be launched. So look for that this Monday. I've been sitting on this thing since June, y'all. I've been speaking about it since June. It's been there since June. But I've been waiting for something to attach it to. And I'm going to attach it to this NBA preview. So Monday, although it's now, it's recording, you're going to have it. For those who don't get to it, if you get to it looking for Car Sessions Monday, you're going to see an iTunes link attached to it. And I'm going to need you to subscribe to Car Sessions Sports Talk. Y'all better do it. Don't play yourself. It's a major key. Until next time, y'all, Car Sessions is out. By the way, TJ New Podcast is on the way. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.